Alright guys, so if you were expecting some special sort of introduction music, eh, I don't have it yet. Um, what is up though? Welcome to another sports podcast hosted by Tyler Gauthier, and that's me, Tyler Gauthier. I'm going to start out by saying that this is something that I've wanted to do for a while, long time. Um, haven't quite gotten around to it. And um, hoping that this can be a new way for me to express myself, um, my love of sports, my love of telling stories, my love of talking, just my way of expressing my opinions. Um, definitely looking forward to starting a new adventure with this podcast. Um, maybe I would love to make this as interactive as possible, get you guys on Instagram um, perhaps maybe giving me suggestions. I'll talk about anything. I don't really care. Try to steer away from politics, but I would love to know stories that you guys want to know, um, stuff that's on your mind, maybe takes that you have regarding sports, whatever. Any type of sports really will do here on this podcast. Obviously, given me, if you know me in my personal life, um, you know that I am a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, whether or not you give a shit about that is up to you. Um, so obviously it's going to be a lot of MMA in this podcast, be a lot of football, a lot of baseball, a lot of hockey, um, basketball as well. Um, something that, um, those sports are all very important to me. Uh, those are most of the, most of the sports that I follow. So definitely those are the sports that I'll be covering. We'll be covering a lot of gambling too. I'll do a lot of betting picks. I don't want this to be too much of a uh, gambling podcast, though. I don't think that that's exactly what I want to do. I like, you know, giving out some picks every now and again, but if it's too picky, um, it it just doesn't work. It just, it, it's not anything different than anything anybody else is doing. So I'm not just going to give picks, you know, it's more going to be my opinion my way of expressing myself um obviously if i have some bad picks i'll let you guys know if i have some good picks i'll let you guys know um so um but i don't want this to be too much of a gambling podcast let me guys know if you want to see my face if you want video i mean i guess i could set something up i don't have a fancy camera or anything like that um i could definitely figure something out perhaps also i'd love to do um, fighter interviews. If you're a fighter in like the local scene, especially if I know you, um, a lot of guys I know around from just training jiu-jitsu, um, doing competitions, some guys I've competed against. Um, if you guys want to get on the podcast or even trained with, if you guys want to get on the podcast, I would love to do, uh, fight previews before with, uh, guys that are fighting on the local scene definitely give you guys some publicity give you guys something to talk about and um, definitely make us better for all in the long run so let's start off with uh, the big story that was from last night uh, Thursday night football we had the Kansas State Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers it was the first game that uh, Amazon had uh, for their Thursday night football package which was definitely interesting uh, definitely got some mixed reviews. I thought it was uh, fine on my end. I didn't have any streaming issues. I know that a lot of guys I saw on Twitter, a lot of people on Instagram and 
also at social media were complaining about the quality. I didn't experience anything like that. Uh, I definitely think that their packaging presentation was perfectly fine. I like the simplicity of it. Uh, I like the theme song. I know that that was kind of controversial. I think that the theme song is kind of cool. kind of makes the game seem bigger than it really is at the end of the day. A lot of these Thursday night football games tend to kind of be a little bit sloppy, a little bit uh, unprepared, and they have a knack for having terrible games on there. So having a nice presentation package definitely made it come together a lot better. Um, though in the game itself, um, Kansas City gets a big win. Uh, they moved to 2-0 over their AFC West rival. Um, this is the big win for the Kansas State Chiefs, who a lot of people thought coming into this year were on the decline. They lose Tyreek Hill. They have had some, definitely some aging on that offense. Um, so a lot of people were thinking that the division was starting to catch up with Kansas City. Um, I was not one of those people. I still think that Kansas City uh, can win that division. They have the best quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, you know, they were plus 175 to win the division early at the year and before the year, and I took it because um, I think if you're going to give me Patrick Mahomes at plus money to win the division, I'm going to take it. So, so definitely I'm not surprised by Kansas City. A lot of people are. They stomped the Cardinals in game one. And then last night they end up coming from behind, coming down, coming back from down ten nothing, to beat their division rival, um, the LA Chargers, who got off to a good start and definitely look like they're much improved. Um, they have had success there in Kansas City and Arrowhead, one of the few teams that have the past couple years, but uh, it ends up not coming for naught. Justin Herbert throws a bad interception down at the goal line. Um, he was balling out all game though, um, and he's definitely. Looks like he really is taking the step to being the next elite quarterback in the league. It, it really seems like it's the MVP race is going to come down to him, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes, who was his other side last night. Um, so they go down. They have a he he takes also a injury in the process as well late in the game. Um, he takes a bad hit um, that definitely that they say fractured his rib cartilage, which. I actually recently just had sort of a similar experience training, um, so I can tell you that that injury is not fun, um, but it is kind of manageable, so he should be able to uh, probably play in the next game, I would imagine, though he'll probably have to wear one of those big jackets, and it doesn't seem like he's one of those types of guys that wears the quarterback jacket, so um, that'll definitely be an adjustment for him, but yeah, that's a big one for Kansas City. They go up to 2-0 and um, and sets the sets the week off strong for the NFL, which that was kind of the marquee game of the week, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of these games in week two, I think, are going to be a little bit of a drag coming off of week one. There were some crazy games in week one. We had Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. We had L uh, Indianapolis and Houston, which not a lot of people expected. Um, there was also that really good Monday night football game between Denver and Seattle. And um, this week, I think, is going to be a little bit more of a drag. There's not too many great games on the schedule, but, you know, you never know. Uh, you know, we got Tennessee and Buffalo on Monday night. Uh, Tennessee doesn't seem like they're the same team that they were the previous couple years. That's given Buffalo a hard time. I, Buffalo's favored by 10. I don't know if I would take the 10, but Buffalo definitely seems like they are on a mission. This year, they go into L.A. and they stomp the Rams on opening night. 
it, when they unveiled their banner, whatever that they did, I didn't see the beginning of the game, but um, whatever that they took it to the Rams on opening night in front of everybody. So definitely Buffalo's coming out guns blazing. I think Tennessee is probably next on their hit list. They're probably going to take them out in grand fashion as well on Monday night. Um, what else do we have on tap for the schedule? We know that the bears are playing the Packers in primetime, which is kind of a interesting decision by the NFL to have the bears again in primetime just to get stopped by the Packers, but okay. Um, couple interesting games here we do have the Patriots and the Steelers that game will be kind of all over the country early uh in the CBS window um definitely gonna be a low scoring game <laughs> if you watched uh the week one with both teams both teams offenses uh not impressive um New England's especially um Pittsburgh as well Pittsburgh forced five turnovers and they still needed overtime to beat the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals they were plus five in the turnover battle actually but the Patriots were not good in Miami um, they had a really good start to the uh, first drive they had of the game and then after Mac Jones was the interception uh, they was just all downhill from there so for the Patriots this is a big um, test here to get a win before they start their home schedule um, definitely important to not go zero and two though they did start one and three last year and ended up going 10 and seven but uh, with the way that the conference is improved upon this year um definitely i you, you can't you can't lose too many you, you gotta bank some wins so for the patriots they can't get uh too far in a hole um or else you'll find yourself buried and you won't be able to come out so this is an important game for them. It's an important game for the Steelers. They're coming off a win, um, and they definitely are, you know, are in a tough division. They are also in the tough AFC, and they don't have a great offense either, so they need to bank as many wins as they can. So this is, gonna be important. This is kind of an important game between two sort of middling teams in the AFC, sort of looking for you know, their footing. They, they could both play spoilers, I think, in the AFC, but um, definitely... Definitely going to be a low-scoring game, much more of a throwback game. A lot of defense, a lot of running the ball. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, sort of old-school football, this will, you know, this will be your type of game. But if you're not, both offenses are not going to be high-flying. You know, the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky just are not the same. Even though they did have a bad quarterback last year with Ben Roethlisberger, and they made the playoffs. So um, don't count them out. Uh, and they've never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin as well. So, and then you have on the other side, you got the Patriots with Mac Jones and just a offense that does not seem like it's in sync with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as the sort of co-offensive assistants there, leading the charge on the sideline. Um, definitely seems like a little bit of a dysfunctional operation to start the year, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes for the rest of the year um what else is another big game we got on tap here we got the the Bengals, who are now 0-1 after losing that aforementioned game for the steelers uh they're going to dallas who are is not going to have dak prescott um dallas took a bad loss to the buccaneers on prime time on sunday night they only scored three points um they look kind of in the same boat that the patriots and the steelers are just a little dysfunctional not quite complete their offensive line is the worst it's been 
in a long time. Um, they are clearly missing the receiver talent. They don't have Michael Gallup, um, and now they're going to have to fly high with Cooper Rush for the next month or so. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, Cincinnati coming off a loss, um, which is it was a big loss for them. That's a divisional loss at home. So they're going to look to bounce back. They are favored by nine. No, seven. They're favored by seven. Seven points, uh, the Bengals are uh, road favorites. Um, I kind of like them at that number, but you don't know. A lot of people weren't too high on Kansas, on Cincinnati coming into this year because of the Super Bowl hangover. Um, a lot of people were a little bit afraid of uh, Cincinnati uh, being one of those teams that win that loses the Super Bowl and they have a comeback to earth year, especially because they kind of came out of nowhere last year. I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in Joe Burrow, so I don't think that they will miss the playoffs at this year. Um, definitely, though, was an encourage, was an encouraging first game, but I do think that, that Pittsburgh defense is the best defense in the league. So they get a chance to bounce back here against a Dallas team that's hobbled, kind of defeated, kind of not trusting themselves. I'd like them to win big, but maybe not big in Dallas, but definitely make a statement that, hey, we're, you know, we're not going away, you know. So I expect Cincinnati to take care of business this weekend. Um, what else do we have on tap here? We got Denver in Houston. Denver coming off a really bad loss uh, against Seattle where they completely mismanaged the clock at the end of the game. They looked like a mess at the goal line, um, they kind of got humiliated, <laughs> to, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, Houston's coming off that tie. They gave Indianapolis a hard time. Um, Houston's going to kind of be an interesting team because they are kind of a team of misfits. I feel like if you're gambling them, it's going to be kind of hard to bet against them because they seem to be that type of team that just kind of sticks around. Um, but Denver, Denver's going to need a win in a big way. Um, definitely to get back in that AFC West race, you know, it, it's going to be tight. I mean, definitely last night, I feel like Kansas City and the Chargers really show that they're the class of that division. Um, even though the Raiders and the Broncos have, you know, added on both sides of the ball, I think that it's going to come down to KC and the Chargers. And I think the Broncos and the Raiders are going to be left looking out and fighting for that maybe that last wild card spot in the AFC. Um, so Denver definitely needs a win in a big way, and they're getting a, a, a lesser talented team in Houston to take that out on. Um, and then we have a Monday night game between Minnesota and Philadelphia as well. That's that This should also be a pretty good game. Minnesota looks much improved under Kevin O'Connor as their head coach. They took it to the Packers in week one. Um, and, you know, with Justin Jefferson, who is clearly becoming one of the best, if the best receiver probably in the league. And uh, Kirk Cousins uh, is more than capable of playing in that offense. A lot of play action, a lot of uh, quick passes. Um, definitely something uh, is cooking up in Minnesota. I think that in a positive direction. Minnesota's kind of been one of these middling teams for a long time where they seem to get overrated before the start of the year, every single year, and then they disappoint everybody, don't make the playoffs, don't have a winning record, 
and uh, maybe this year they're just shaking that a little bit. And they do have a hobbled, or not a hobbled, but a lesser talented Green Bay Packer team in front of them. Um, Green Bay loses Devontae Adams. They really haven't invested much around Aaron Rodgers in that offense, and their defense has kind of been okay middling-ish. They've used a lot of first-round picks on that defense, so it doesn't really feel like they're as good as they should be. So maybe Minnesota sees Green Bay is right for the picking, and if they can get off to a hot start here, um, they could set themselves up to give Green Bay a run for that division. So, I mean, they beat them in week one. So um, they get Philadelphia, though, uh, on Monday night, which is going to be a tough game. Philadelphia's got a lot of talent. I picked the Eagles, actually, to go to the NFC Championship game this year. Uh, They have a lot of talent, both sides of the ball. They have good coaching. Um, It really is going to come down to that quarterback, though, and Jalen Hurts and how far can Jalen Hurts really take them. Um, They scored 38 points last week. I don't think Jalen Hurts threw a touchdown if I can just verify here. No, he did not. He did not throw a touchdown. He was 18 to 32 with 243. A.J. Brown went off for them, though. Um, But Jalen Hurts is... decent enough um, I think I don't know if he's good enough to win a Super Bowl with so that's why I said that I think they could go to the NFC Championship game with him but I don't know if he's good enough to take that next step with however they do have a lot of talent they picked up A.J. Brown over the year they have Devontae Smith they have Dallas Goddard they've got uh, Miles Sanders they're they're stacked they're just it's just they're sort of missing that uh, elite quarterback to take them over the edge. and uh, But I, I do think they'll win that division. They'll win the NFC East. I think that they'll be a force to reckon with all year. Um, so this should be a good game, actually, between two teams that maybe a lot of people weren't talking about before the start of the year, uh, Minnesota and Philly. And uh, if you look at the line, the line is Philly minus 2.5. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a pretty tight game. I would actually kind of like Philly in that spot. Um, Minnesota went in there a couple years ago in the NFC Championship game. This is two completely different teams, but Philly completely ran them out of the building that night. Um, Kirk Cousins was still the quarterback. Oh, no, he wasn't. No, that was the Case Keenum year. Never mind. Forget what I just said. That was before Kirk Cousins got there. (laughs) So, uh, but that's just sort of mindless history for you. So, that should be a good game as well. Other than that, kind of a weakish game. Oh, I mean, we got Miami and Baltimore as well. Uh, Miami um, is uh, three-and-a-half-point road dogs here. Um, Baltimore just came off of a win against the Jets. They kind of got a layup week one, so this will be their first test um, against the Dolphins, who this offense I was a little less than impressed with in week one. Um, definitely they rely on Tyreek Hill a lot. Um I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that offense is completely there yet. I think they're going to get better. Um, they didn't really use Waddle that much outside of the touchdown. I don't re- really remember seeing him do very much outside of that. So definitely they've made Hill a, a centerpiece of their offense. And I think that um, it, it's going to take a little while, though, for the Dolphins to get entirely used to that Mike McDaniel offense. So... It, and Tua does kind of hold them back just a little bit. 
Um, I think that he's just okay. He, he's, you know, he can make some throws. He's clearly limited in some of the other throws that he can make. He really can't dart it down the field. He really can't, you know, fit it in a window. Um, so it's definitely good that he has some speedy receivers like Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. The Dolphins knew what they were doing there. Um, but, again, how far can they really go with Tua? I don't know. I, I don't have them pegged for a playoff spot, and even after last week, even though they won, I, I don't really think that they're much of a playoff team. But they should be a formidable test for the Ravens, who um, coming in have a lot of hype this year. Uh, a lot of people think they're going to win that division. A lot of people think that Lamar Jackson's going to go off in a contract year. He kind of had a good, not great uh, first game, so this will be a showcase for him maybe to go off in. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps up um, Week 2's interesting games. Um, definitely, um, I foresee some maybe snoozer games uh you never know um some of these games obviously the nfl is so crazy i mean last week wasn't really expecting pittsburgh cincinnati to be the all-time classic that it was but there we were in the at the very edge of overtime waiting for chris boswell to uh kick a field goal um so yeah i mean definitely uh it's it's great to have football back. That's for certain. <laughs> it's definitely great to have football back. Um, from a gambling perspective, it's fun. From a viewer's perspective, it's fun. It's it crazy how it's just taken over the headlines like overnight. I almost don't even hear about baseball anymore. I mean, I'm that's not to offend people that you know watch baseball. If that's your thing whatever but you know that the nfl is the king the nfl takes over all the headlines and it's it's just amazing how the headlines go from baseball right to football and there's no heartbeat i do want to touch upon a couple things though uh outside of football uh we do have a big fight tomorrow night in the ufc um we have it's a spicy main event between Corey sanhagen and song yidong uh, two bantamweights. Uh, let me check their rankings for you. Just one minute. Two bantamweights, kind of known for both having an exciting style. So from a viewer standpoint, this should be a great fight to watch. Um, San Hagen, probably the more technical guy. Um, a little bit more unorthodox in the way he fights. He's you know a lot of movement, a lot of bounce around, a lot of spinning stuff, a lot of a lot of crazy attacks. Um, he's number four, and he is fighting uh, number 10, Song Yudong, who is uh, 23 or 24, 24, and um, has a lot of pro fight experience, um, is very much a finisher at that weight class, um, which sort of, why well, I was a little bit surprised when I saw the betting odds, and Song Yudong is a, I believe he was plus 170. I know Corey Sanhagen was around, hovering around minus 195, and I just think that the fight is not that um, wide. I think that if you're asking me who do I think should win, who I think will win, I think Corey Sanhagen will win. Um, I think that he's just a more technical guy. He's a veteran. He's a more savvy guy. Um, He's been in the UFC 
for a while he's been fighting a lot of these top guys i think that he's it's just his sort of uh octagon experience is gonna carry him through even though song dong has a bunch of experience as well um i just think that the ring the octagon time is just going to as the fight goes on it's going to favor uh cory sanhagen um but sanhagen could just as easily get finished by Song Yidong in the first in, in in the early rounds of this fight. Um, Song Yidong's coming off of two uh, early-ish uh, stoppages. He knocked out uh, Marlon Moraes back in March in the first round, and uh, he also uh, knocked out Julio Arce in the second round, uh, early in the second round, the previous fight, last November. So, Song Yidong's coming in with sort of a lot of hype behind him. He's riding a three-fight win streak. Um, he's young. He's got a chance here against a, a top contender, a guy that's been at the top of the division for a little bit of a, of a while now. And, um, yeah, it's a big fight for him. Big fight for San Hagen, kind of keep him in the bantamweight ranks he's kind of had a little bit of a weird go at it lately um he lost that interim title fight to uh Piotr Jan um back last fall and before that he had that uh controversial decision loss to uh TJ Dillashaw but he had gotten the interim title fight off the controversial decision loss so this is the first time he's fighting since last October so it's been 11 months for him so it'll be interesting to see if he uh has any sort of ring rust from that year I always find that guys that take a year off always seem to come back better than they were before so this could be a real sort of you know you must have forgot sort of fight that happens in the UFC um where Sanhagen shows that he is still one of the best uh guys at 135 in the world um, so I'm taking Sanhagen in the fight, um, but I would not be shocked if Song Yudong won. Um, that's not to sit on the fence. That's just stating a fact. I think that Song Yudong is capable of finishing Corey Sanhagen. I just think that Sanhagen's going to um, outclass him. Interesting, as I'm looking at this, actually, uh, me and Song Yudong were born on the same day. So there you go, December 2nd, 1997. There you go. Um, also on this card, uh, Andre Feely is uh, fighting as well. Um, sort of a entertaining guy, f- viewing pleasure. Um, he's fighting Bill Algio, who was the guy that uh, put a beating on uh, Herbert Burns um, in Herbert Burns' last fight back in, uh, I think it was about two months ago now, um, on that Rodriguez-Ortega card. Um that should actually be a really entertaining fight. That should be a lot of fireworks. Both guys kind of around the same age. Um, Andre Feely obviously has a bunch of um, UFC fighting experience, but that should be entertaining as well. And uh, just a short little shout-out, I guess. We had a big fight announcement the other day, or today actually was the official announcement that came out last night um, that uh, Calvin Cater is fighting... Uh, Andre Allen um, at the end of October in what will be a big main event um, for the UFC at uh, October 29th at the Apex. Um, I'm just mentioning that because obviously if you know me, you'll probably know who I'm rooting for in that fight. (laughs) Uh, Obviously I train with Calvin um, and I know Calvin through 
training at the gym through mutual friends. So um, obviously I'm not going to give my analysis on that fight. I think it's an entertaining fight. Um, it's a great fight for both guys. Um, it's going to be an entertaining fight for the fans. And, uh, you know, obviously I think it's pretty clear who I'm rooting for in that fight. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, but yeah, just, uh, this was sort of a test episode guys. Um, you know, I don't really know exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure as I go along with this, um, I'll get better. Um, just really just trying to figure this, all the technical stuff of it out. Um, getting comfortable speaking to a microphone. Um, definitely maybe less stuttering that I could tell. Also, I don't really know exactly how long to make these, uh, as well. I don't know if like the, the, the 20 minute to half hour minute ratio is, is good or if, uh, it should be more closer to an hour or anything like that. Let me know. Um, definitely, um, any input, any suggestions, any feedback would be, um, accepted. Um, so with that, take care guys. Have a good day.